0: Up and blushing. the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast where we are rewatching every single episode of The Nanny, the hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. Who are we? Well, I am Shandi Pasquale, here with... Toria Sheffield. I feel like I barreled through that really fast, but I'm not going back. There is no turning back. Um, So this is season four, episode 17, Samson. He denied her. And it is the one where Fran goes to uh, a jury Yeah, She serves on a jury. I guess at the time they would have maybe highlighted the Fabio parody, but I feel like that's going to be completely lost on most people.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. But yeah, this is the one where Fran serves on a jury and the case like eerily mimics her situation in life. Um, So she gets like very emotionally involved. And I have to say a couple noteworthy things. First of all, I had several laugh out loud moments in this one where I like actually barked with laughter. And then the other thing is last week we spent a lot of time kind of like I would say Putting our flag in the sand on like where we stand on the Fran Mr. Sheffield dynamic, and we we're like, you know, this doesn't exist in real life. It's hard to like believe this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I completely take it back after watching this episode. <sighs> I felt like they did a good job of reminding us why Mr. Sheffield is behaving the way he is. And I think that much like Fran, we had also lost the thread. And I, I was like, okay, they've won me over again. I, I, I yeah. at least believe that this man would be acting like this, but we'll get into why. We'll get into All why. All
1: right. Yeah. Let's unpack it. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. This was a good episode. I, I will agree with both of your points. Well, one of your one and a half of your points. I think this was <laughs> a really good episode. I laughed out loud and it did do a good job of redefining why Mr. Sheffield is doing what he's doing, but it doesn't drastically change my enjoyment of the back and forth. True. Although, okay. I don't I, really blame the shows' creators or writers for that because, like, they're trapped in like the hell that is 1990s network television. So, like, they've got to do like 30 episodes of this TV show, and the network is demanding that they not like do anything other than this. Well, they won't they? Because they're desperately trying to compete with Friends or whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, I get it. It's not their fault.
0: Yes. And so this episode it starts with Niles in Mr. Sheffield's office dusting. Um, he's alone and. Fran comes rushing in and she says that Mr. Sheffield just called the house and said that he made a huge mistake six months ago and he needs to talk to her they both like do the math and they're like oh, six months ago that was Paris he, he's gonna take back the thing or, like he's gonna like I guess take back the take back of the thing <laughs> they literally do this like <laughs> fun dance together where they're like woo woo
1: I love yeah,
0: that my, la- my first mm-hmm.
1: laugh of the episode
0: Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Sheffield comes in and he, like, asks Niles to get them some privacy. And he kind of – he, like, almost makes this, like, big show of how he has something important to tell Fran. She literally is like, one second, I need to make a phone call. She calls Sylvia and puts her on speakerphone. And Sylvia's like, we're just sitting down to dinner. And Fran's like, well, can it wait a minute? And she's like, no. <laughs> But then she's like, okay, Mr. Sheffield, tell me this big mistake you made. And he's basically just like, Oh, I withheld too many taxes from you. I owe you a refund. <laughs> and uh Sylvia instantly hangs up, like she could care less. And mm-hmm. Fran is like wildly disappointed, right? Like, and th- and then this they have their like usual back and forth where she's like, you know, how could you have done that? That was cruel. I thought you were gonna take back the thing. And um and, and he's basically like, you know, we keep going in circles. Like you already told me that you totally understood why I am not ready to like do anything about how I feel about you. And she's like, well, I just pretended to understand because I thought it would make me seem more attractive. <laughs> and she's like, I truly don't. Um, and at this point CC comes in and she says she's been summoned to jury duty. And she also was like, that's the last time I vote. <laughs> and then Fran, reveals that she has like a drawer full of jury summons. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to join you. I have nothing keeping me here. And in my head, I was was like, what about the kids? What about the children?
1: I mean, there's that, but also like none of this worked for me. It was so stupid. Like this would never happen. You know, this would never, ever happen. You can't fake your way into jury duty. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well that's i actually had a qu- yeah i was like when you get those jury summons and you ignore them if you just like show up anytime you want will they take you
1: no no they will not and if you ignore them too many for too long you'll you'll have a a, a warrant out
0: <laughs> wow well again that, i also I had that them. question no so,
1: no i don't think that like Like I know for sure that this would never work. I I mean, maybe (laughs) in New York, I I guess in the nineties, but like I've you know. I'm 99% certain that that's not how jury duty works. You can't just show up and be like, I'm on a jury now. And then she just like immediately gets picked to serve on the jury, which is well, also statistically both. unlikely. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because then we cut to Fran and CC at the courthouse. And again, I was like – I was slightly offended by her saying she has nothing keeping her there because I'm like truly – you don't think about the children at all anymore. <laughs> but, but we cut to Fran and Cece. They're they're sitting um, in the jury selection process portion of the day. And yeah. Fran realizes that this is for the, quote, Vincenzo trial, which it sounds like is some big, you know, celebrity trial. And she's like – she looks at Cece and she's like, i got to get on this jury. He's on the cover of every romance novel. So basically we learned that, like, Vincenzo is like the Fabio uh, – equivalent right like he's a handsome
1: yeah he's, uh, he's literally fabio he's yeah, just like for the, long
0: uh, long luscious hair mm.
1: yeah he's on the cover and, of the like i mean fabio's whole, de- whole deal was he was like this uh sexy male model who had like long blondish hair and was on the cover of a bunch of romance model no- novels like he was mm-hmm. a romance novel model Romance novel model.
0: <laughs> romance novel model. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh and, and his, a model like,
0: romance novel model.
1: And he got very famous for a while. Like he was on like magazine covers and stuff. And then um, later in his career he was on a roller coaster <laughs> and he got hit in the face with a pigeon. A ghost. Oh, you're a goose! Such a freak accident, <laughs> and it like busted up his nose. And there's like pictures of him like <laughs> with with goose on his face, and his nose all bloody.
0: I don't think that affected his career. It was just,
1: <laughs> I mean, what did what it did affect though is people like people like. Went heart comedians late night talk shows saturday night live like everyone was doing bits on that everybody everyone was doing bits
0: i mean because when you think of the odds of being on a roller coaster and a goose flying into your face and then you also being an internationally known person it's just so many things it's
1: amazing so that's but who so, fabio is you yes, should look him up
0: And this is the Vincenzo trial that uh, Fran wants to get on. We then cut back to the mansion, and Niles comes into Mr. (laughs) Sheffield's office and informs everybody that both Cece and Fran got picked for jury duty on this trial. And Mr. Sheffield's like, well, all right, like, you know, maybe it'll be good to get them out of the house for a while, you know, but we need to find a temporary replacement for for the children, for the nanny. (laughs) And uh, Niles goes, be careful what you wish for. Sylvia comes in and she's like hello hello say hello to your new nanny and then this is where I laughed out loud she hops up on Mr. Sheffield's desk the way that Fran always does and the desk collapses
1: (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) it's the loudest it's the loudest like it goes like (laughs) and then she just just, like drops like a leg like the whole thing doesn't collapse to the floor it's just like it's like upright and then it just like crushes to one side
0: (laughs) yeah and i was like man it must be fun to like um be the set designer that has to rig those things yeah (laughs) Yeah. well that happens super funny we established that sylvia is going to be living with them as a nanny for you know for the duration of this trial delightful yeah. And you can assume because it involves a famous person, you know, they're going to be, the jury's going to be sequestered, which means they're going to have to yes. be in hotel rooms, not allowed to talk to the outside world. We then go yeah. back to the first day of the trial and the judge enters to big applause. I, I have to admit, I had no idea who this no, was. No,
1: I wrote, who is this judge and how are we supposed to know him? Cause I have no idea who this guy is. Well, what, what is okay. his deal? Toria hit me.
0: He's actor Robert Urich. And, okay, mm-hmm. so he began his career in television in the early 70s. And after, you know, some guest roles, he ended up co-starring in an action crime do- uh, drama called SWAT in 1975. And then in 1978, mm-hmm. he landed mm-hmm. the lead role of Dan Tanna in the crime drama series oh. of Vegas. Vegas and the S is with a money sign, not an S. Yeah,
1: he's Dan Tanna.
0: And... And it mm. earned him two Golden Globe noms. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is, though, he probably you know he he has a bald head in um, this this episode. And it turns out in 1996, Yurik starred in The Lazarus Man, but it was canceled shortly after he announced that he had been diagnosed with synovial sarcoma, a rare cancer, in July that mm. year. He sought treatment, and he went into remission, um, and he was declared cancer free in 1998. So that would explain why in 1997, you know, he, he was like, didn't have any hair. And then um he did some other things after that. Uh, but and this bummed me out in 2002 at 55, the cancer came back and, and that's when he passed away. But um, I, I didn't, I didn't know this guy. I didn't know uh the show Vegas. I didn't know Dantana.
1: This show Vegas has a the coolest premise ever. I, they should, they should reboot this. What is it? It's like, it just sounds like such a good premise for like a TV show. It would work now. So it's like, he's a, Dan Tana is a Vietnam vet who works as a private eye in Las Vegas. He lives in an apartment in back of the desert inn and his boss is the owner of the hotel. Tana is aided by his sexy but efficient secretary, B. Travis, and his nerdy leg man, Bobby Binzer Borso. Tana's contact on the force is Lieutenant Dave Nelson. He just solves crimes and vaguely like, like mysteries in Vegas. It sounds like the coolest. And and what's cool about it is it's like, it's a property that people like know, but also it has 69 episodes and also like, it's also a blank slate, you know? And like, it's completely blank slate.
0: Sometimes I just can't anticipate or predict what you're going to think about anything because like to me, you you say that and I'm like, Oh, it's, it's just like a detective show. There's like 400,000 detective shows on TV. And you're like this premise. It's, they got to remake it. I love it. (laughs) So, so anyway, Robert Urich, the judge comes in. He's a total jokester. He's, he's great. This guy had a lot of charisma for this small role. Um, and uh, they call Valenchizo to the stand, and you know he's again this model with long, luscious hair. And we find out that he is—he is the uh, not the defendant. He's the what's not the victim? What's the other? It's like the formal word. Ask Liz. What's the formal word for victim in these cases? Plaintiff. Plaintiff. <laughs> Plaintiff. Plaintiff. Oh, Plaintiff. oh man, we got to we
1: cut are so this stupid. whole episode has to be
0: edited. <laughs> but anyway, so. Um, they call Valencizo who's the plaintiff, to the stand, and he is testifying against the defendant, who is his beautiful housekeeper, played yes. by Laura Keitlinger, who was a very famous Whoa. comedian at the time. Um, I love Laura Keitlinger. I think she never got her fair shake. She was also on SNL for a couple seasons, but it was during the era when like they literally didn't let women do anything. So she was like totally underutilized. But so she' oh, is, like this, you- she
1: she was on um Curb Your enthusiasm for an episode. That's where I know her from.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, but before that she was a she really good stand up. Like if you used to watch Comedy Central like Friday night stand up, you know, like in the sure. 90s, she she, mm-hmm. she was great. Um she had a really funny, dry. Dark uh, comedy, but she was also kind of this like gorgeous lady. So it was, it was like kind of like a fun juxtaposition. She also dated Jack Black for a long time.
1: Yes, she was on Mr. Show with Bob and David and Tenacious D show. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, that's Laura Kylinger. I'm a fan. But so we find out that, you know, she was his live in housekeeper. And the crime that she is being accused of is she cut off all his hair in the night, which is, you know, his like signature feature. And he literally like, he grabs his hair and it turns out it's a wig and he yanks it off his head and he's like completely bald
1: but and then first, the- but first they like heavily play up the fact that it may she may have cut off his penis like they really lean into like she cut it off in the middle of the night and everyone gasps and then he's like and what, a, what it's gone now and it'll never grow back like and everyone's like oh my god and and then he's like my beautiful hair it's it was a really funny bit i like that bit
0: yes yes and again um, we've talked about this before but it was playing on the lorena Bobbitt, lorena Bobbitt. story you
1: know
0: yeah. who cut off her uh, husband's penis um but then it was funny cuz the and judge And threw it out the
1: window <laughs> yes, yes you, well, you got to um, include that part <laughs>
0: Well, but the judge looks at um, Vi- Val- Valencio's bald head and he goes, I like it, <laughs> uh, which is which funny. because Which I also was like, we have a great sense of humor about like losing your hair due to chemo. Like it was, uh, you know, he just, I don't know. Yeah. I like that guy a lot. Um, and so at first everyone's like, oh my gosh, like what a monster. She cut off Valencio's beautiful hair. But then we find out that the reason she did it is because he told his housekeeper he loved her and then he took it back. And as, yep. soon, as, Han, he, as soon as Fran hears this, she literally screams, call a mistrial. This woman is Oof. innocent. And she's like told to like <laughs> remain in her seat. So, yep. you know, that was a turn of, of the episode. Another day
1: is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: We then go back to the mansion and Sylvia is, she's literally treating the children like servants.
1: It's the best. This is is my favorite scene in the whole episode. I just, I think the blocking of this scene is brilliant. Like, which by the way, another Dorothy Lyman episode here. Uh, And like the way that this whole scene is just like blocked and, and, and plays. So it's like, she's, she's sitting at the table and, Brighton is picking up plates off the table and as he's doing this, she's like, let's play a game. It's called Make Sylvia a Snack. And he's like, oh, but we just played Make Sylvia Dinner. And she goes, yeah, and I won. (laughs) Whatever that means. (laughs) And, (laughs) And then... At the same time, she pulls, she holds up a, a nail polish bottle. And she's like, who wants to paint my nails? And Gracie gets like all excited and she's like, yay, I want to. And then she puts, Sylvia puts her bare foot up on the table <laughs> and she's like, start with the big one. <laughs> and then she like proceeds to just like hold court for the rest of the scene, basically. And, okay. and she, oh, and she asks, Maggie to re re repierce her (laughs) ear hole that closed.
0: (laughs) She like holds up this big hoop earring and goes, can you push it in? It closed up. (laughs) It's just so gross. Um, And then this is the scene though where so like Brighton, um, he's like looking at the television screen that they have in the kitchen that Niles usually watches and like the whole family's in there now, like Mr. Sheffield too. And Brighton's like, oh look, you know, the, the trial that Fran and Cece are on, like it's on the news. And Mr. Sheffield literally is like, oh Thank goodness for this trial. It's giving Miss Fine something to do other than just you know obsess over that thing that I did. And then, literally, no sooner does he say that the news anchor goes, "We're here outside the courtroom of the Vincenzo trial, where the heartthrob <laughs> apparently told his housekeeper that he loved her and then took it back." And then, <laughs> then this was one of my biggest laugh out loud moments maybe ever in this series. Um, <laughs> the guy goes, the the news person goes, the jury sat stony faced during the testimony, save for one lone juror who had to be physically restrained. And then we cut to a photo of one of those court illustrations because you're not allowed flash photography in courtrooms. And it's an illustration of Cece physically holding Fran back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny. so
0: funny. I mean, I don't know what, if Fran Drescher kept that, but I would have framed that photo. Oh like, my
1: God, that. it's so funny. And she's in that crazy outfit this episode. Like, I believe Elizabeth's words were, she looks like she got slimed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We, so we then cut to the next day in court, and now Laura Keitlinger, you know, the housekeeper, she's on the stand. And the prosecution is outlining all of the evidence against her, and it's, like, super, super clear that she did it, but Fran still keeps disregarding it. Like, they literally, they show, like, a photo of her wearing the shoes that, like, were found at the crime scene, and Fran's like, that photo was clearly doctored. <laughs> but then the housekeeper, you know, in, in a certain line of questioning, she actually just breaks down and yells like, you know, she basically confesses to it and she's like, I mean, because they said something where they're like, you know, how could you have done this to your employer, v- Vincenzo? And she's like, because I've known him since he was just Bernie Schwartzberg. <laughs> Anybody else would have killed him. All I did was cut his hair. And so, you know, she she inadvertently, you know, confesses. But we also find out that, like, she's known him and loved him for years, like before he was famous. And the whole courtroom gasps. And then Fran gasps, but only because she just found out that Vincenzo's Jewish. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) Schwartzberg.
1: I like that whole sequence. And then, yeah, and then this leads into my second favorite bit of, like, physical business.
0: Me too. too.
1: Which is we cut back to the mansion and Niles rushes into Mr. (laughs) Sheffield's office, shutting the door behind him. And without a word, he, like, pulls a jar of, like, honey mustard out of his coat. And then he pulls, like, (laughs) these two pieces of bread out of his coat. And then, like, a wrapped up, like, meat. Uh, And Mr. Shuffle's like, what are you doing? And he's like, he goes, she can't smell it if it's not assembled. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh, he's talking about Sylvia being able to smell a sandwich from a mile away. So, and then you hear, like, like. Mr. Sheffield is like (laughs) he goes, "Hurry, sir! We don't have much time. Just swallow it whole." (laughs) And he starts frantically making the sandwich. Right? He's like, starts like putting, and then you hear Sylvia go, "Is that is that bread I smell?" And (laughs) he starts like going faster, and he's like slapping like honey mustard on the bread, and like he's like doing it quickly. And then yeah, and then he hands it to Mr. Sheffield, and he's like, "Hurry up, sir! Like don't chew, just eat it whole." And then the door opens (laughs) right as he's about to give it to Mr. Sheffield, and Sylvia. Walks in and she's like, Is it for me? (laughs) Is that a Kaiser roll? And (laughs) then she (laughs) takes a sandwich from him. And Mr. Sheffield's like, I'm very hungry. And she just like walks out of it.
0: I said the look on Mister Sheffield's face and his body language when the sandwich gets taken from him made me laugh out loud. And he just goes, "I really wanted that." It's like so sad. And I just laugh. I go, "They are so powerless against the Fine family." Like it's so funny the reign of terror that that Sylvia has on this like polite British family. (laughs) This was my my favorite
1: thing. I just thought it was (laughs) it was so funny.
0: I agree. I wrote that. That was my third, oh my god, genuine laugh out loud moment.
1: Genuine um, laugh out loud. Yeah, I. I mean, because everyone's performance in that scene is so strong. I mean, Niles is playing it perfectly. Like for the way his like his body language, he's so scared, and he's <laughs> playing it a hundred percent real. It's not like a bit. Like he's genuinely <laughs> playing it. Like he's afraid. <laughs> It just it all works, and that's why Mr. Sheffield too his reaction is not like "womp womp." He took my sandwich. It is just like genuine sadness that he hasn't yeah. eaten in days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so,
0: so we go. Then we go the next day. We go back to the courthouse, <laughs> and the jury is now deliberating. And every yeah. single juror, except for Brian, has voted of guilty. Course. And yeah, we also we find out like that they a
1: mini twelve Angry Men. Like yeah. riff here, also, um, I have another note from Elizabeth. I need to add here mm-hmm. the pictures in the background of this scene. uh one of them was of course, uh, RBG Ruth Peter Ginsburg, and the other picture who I uh mistakenly identified as Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> was actually sandra Day O'Connor the, oh. <laughs> the first woman on the supreme court <laughs>
0: that's so cool though that they've put those two specifically in that's yes. awesome.
1: isn't that cool that's so that was her other big. she was like, it's cool. this was like a very like pro like like pro women this episode because yeah. like it really highlighted like those two specific women. They're the only two pictures really like in the shot.
0: And oh, and then we also find out though that they have been, that Cece and Fran have been stuck in a hotel room together for eight days, which, which adds to the insanity of, of everyone like wanting Fran to, to just, just toe the line and vote guilty. And by the way, the woman is guilty. Like at one point, you know, someone's like, what, what more do you want? Like she confessed. There's video footage, uh, there's fingerprints. And Fran's like, hasn't anyone else ever been driven to do something insane by another person? Um, and Cece <laughs> accuses her of not being able to separate her own emotions from the case. She's basically like, you have some sick fantasy that you're going to end up with your employer. Um, but this scene to me was really noteworthy because this is the part where I really changed my mind on what we really came mm-hmm. down hard on last week, which is yeah. so when... You know, one juror is like, you know, you know, didn't you, you know, like, how can you think she's not guilty? Like, you know, here's all the reasons. And then someone else is like, like, and also like, didn't, like, they were like, don't you remember his reason for taking it back? And, you know, they hold up the transcript from court. And the quote is literally, this woman is like a mother to my children and they couldn't handle losing another one. Um, Because this man is also a widower, right? Or like, you know, they couldn't handle losing her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, right. Like, even though we did establish this, I think, at the very beginning of this season, um, I'd kind of forgotten it because it's been a long time that, you know, Mr. Sheffield, he's, he's not trying to protect himself or Fran. He's trying to protect his children. And I think that does kind of make somebody a martyr where he might be like, yeah, of course, if I could do anything I wanted, I would be with you but I'm not going to do that to my kids. And if that means I miss the boat on you, then, you know, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to take that hit because I can't do it to my kids. Like they can't lose another mom. Um, and I, that made me be like, made me believe that even though he has feelings for her and he even is able to tell her, he's not going to change, like, you know, change their whole lives around it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I look, I hear you. I also feel like at a certain point, He's like that. That mentality is just shooting yourself in the foot. Because like, if she's great and he loves her and she's good with the kids, then why would be entering in a relationship with her hurt them? Like they they already live together. It's not like they're gonna like start dating and like hate each other suddenly. So like, I I don't I don't really buy that. Like, it oh would, no, you know, I do because
0: I I think yeah. the thing is like, if you maintain friendship with somebody, you can be friends with them forever. But when you when you st- actually enter into a relationship if that like th- there's a chance of that ending and like those don't end well and then it really is goodbye forever so i think like it's playing it safe to to not not uh enter that zone with somebody because you because you're, you're you're risking well you're risking never having them fully but you're also you're also not risking losing them fully
1: true it would be a cool twist if they revealed that um, the real reason why he didn't want to get with her is because he was um, subconsciously compelled to murder whomever he was married to, <laughs> and he had a whole line of wives that he had killed previously, but he loves Fran too much to want to marry her, and he like, has to confess this to her to like, finally
0: explain it. Hey, Sean, you know who would be great for the case? Dantana, Dantana,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: all right, it's all. Just, um, but
1: so, oh no, but to keep all the whole Dantana bit in. <laughs>
0: oh, so, so you know, Fran hears you know that transcript excerpt, and in her mind, she kind of twists it around. Though she's like, "Wait a second, so you're basically saying that he took a bat, not." not only because he was afraid that the kids could lose her forever, but because he could also lose her forever. It's actually mm-hmm. because he loves her so much. And she's like, I get it, <laughs> which isn't exactly what was said, but like, it, again, it, it makes Fran think, yeah. okay, he like, he'd rather, you know, he'd rather have me in some capacity that can go on forever than, you know, even if it's just friends, then uh, no capacity at all. If we date and it, You know, just crashes and burns. Well, okay, Um, but
1: what about this? Why can't it just be friends with benefits?
0: mm, mm, You know, no relationship,
1: but like, why not? Why can't just every (laughs) once in a while they like get drunk and roll around together and like, you know, like get the physical side, like exercise a little bit?
0: I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you'd have to ask Peter and Fran. (laughs) 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 like specifically well as soon Um, as we
1: get fran on that's my first question actually
0: you know no i do have a good answer for you because as we've learned from two major motion pictures no strings attached and friends with benefits (laughs) it never works you somebody always catches feelings after after fran's revelation we go back to the mansion this scene was really funny too Brighton he sneaks in the door in the kitchen in like the back door and he's holding like a takeout bag and he rushes over to the counter and he quickly takes out a sandwich and he's like literally looking around like like a scared little mouse almost and he's about to take a big bite when Sylvia peers her head around the corner from the stairwell and she sniffs and she's like she's literally like is that a charboiled chicken sandwich with a uh, honey mustard uh, on whole wheat that i smell or like she knows exactly what it is just from the smell and then he he looks at her and he's like can i just have one bite and she goes oh honey It wouldn't be sanitary. So (laughs) he takes the whole sandwich out of his hand. And then she's about to take a huge bite. When Fran walks in, you know, after being gone for like almost two weeks and she sees what's going on and she just goes, give it back to the boy, (laughs) which made me laugh. And then he gets it and he goes, God bless you, Fran. Welcome home. And then he runs (laughs) out. Just saying, God bless you because yeah. you're so hungry. It's really cute. It was this- like, like t- tiny Tim on Christmas morning. We should, we should, I
1: forgot to mention it in the beginning, but I'm gonna mention now that this was an episode written by Flo Cameron because this was a great episode. It was funny, it had mm-hmm. good lines, it had a it had a ton of good setups. Um I could find nothing out about Flo Cameron. I have no idea who it is. Yeah. I don't mean it. Nim, maybe maybe it was the showrunners writing under a pseudonym because they had already written too many episodes that season. I have no idea. But they wrote one episode of one TV show ever, and it was this episode of The Nanny, and then they never wrote again.
0: Yeah, Flow Cameron slightly sounds like a fake name. so Right? Doesn't know. it?
1: Flow Cameron. Yes. Like, who
0: that? So, um, yes. After, so then Sylvia left, and Mr. Sheffield comes in, and he is expecting Fran to still be really mad at him from what happened earlier in the episode when he, you know, instead of <laughs> taking back, he the thing or say instead instead of saying he made a mistake by taking back the thing he just had a tax issue she actually is like super calm and serene and she's like no you know what mr sheffield now i i really do understand where you're coming from and i'm not mad and and you know and they hug it out and it's a really nice embrace that kind of borders on horny but that always seems to happen with them nowadays um and then also mr sheffield says something like he's like do you mean it Because I I couldn't take a a prank right now. I'm weak with hunger. (laughs) It just makes me laugh that the whole family is starving to death. The whole family
1: is slowly starving because Sylvia won't let them eat. It's (laughs) such a silly premise, but it's truly great. All right. Take us home, Toria.
0: We have such a good button on this episode. It is so good. So we have Fran sitting on a couch reading a Vincenzo romance novel and she starts to fantasize as people do when they read these, you know, grocery store trashy romance novels. And she's in this fantasy and she's in like, you know, medieval, whatever, like a medieval bodice. And and Vincenzo is in his like, you know, his shirt is like half ripped open. But there's another woman in his arms. and And then Fran goes, hey. This is my fantasy And the woman turns around And it's (laughs) Yetta. And Yeda goes But I lent you the book (laughs) Which I thought was just like Such a funny, silly concept
1: It's such a great concept I loved it so much But I lent you the book
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it was so great So, favorite line Oh wait, we gotta go to segments Segments
1: Uh... And now, segments So
0: Segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. <laughs> segments. I was for Favorite lines and moments.
1: Okay. Oh my God. Are you ready? I'm
0: ready. Are you gonna go first?
1: <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna go first. Uh the line, the line where CC Fran goes, um, oh my god, that's the guy from the romance things. And then he or no, she's like, That's this guy, and then she's like, Oh, you know him? And then
0: uh <laughs> no, 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 I know what you're saying. When, uh, you know what when I'm when saying? <laughs> what was the exchange when Fran Fran goes, oh my gosh, that's Valencio from these romance novels and she grabs a book from her purse and she hands it to Sylvia and Sylvia like, I'm not Sylvia, sorry, Cece. and Cece gasps. And right. then she's like, you know, these books and Cece's like, no, you can read.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but it was, it was said like, uh, as a, just a mean joke. It was so good. Expense.
1: I love, I loved it. I thought that was so funny. And then my other favorite line was in the Sylvia scene later on when the kids are like taking care of her. And she asks, Uh, Gracie to paint her toenails. She she has this great line where she, Mr. Sheffield calls in that scene, as we like explained. And then she's, (laughs) she goes, you know, a woman is a delicate, delicate flower. And then she turns to Gracie and she goes, there's no nail on that toe paint the skin (laughs) her delivery was so perfect there's no nail on that toe paint the skin (laughs) so creepy
0: (laughs) um i like back at the courthouse during jury duty when um uh the one of the like lawyers goes, juror number two, under marital status. Does this say divorce? And Fran looks at it and she goes, no, disgusted. <laughs> so the idea that you would write in disgusted instead yeah. of checking uh, married or single. And then I really liked when uh, Cece, you know, Fran says something to her that's like stupid, and then the guy next to the to her other side says something stupid, and Cece just goes, I'm the meat in an idiot sandwich. <laughs> just like you know, her life is just she's just.
1: That was how just, you felt every day at work with me and Tom. <laughs>
0: no, that's how Tom felt.
1: That's true. That's how Tom <laughs> that's felt. <true.
0: laughs> yes. Um, I also really, really liked um, at the initial part of the trial when first we find out that um, that the housekeeper cut off Vincenzo's hair, but like we don't know why yet. We just know that that's what she did. Fran Free- 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 whispers to Sylvia, give her the chair, pass it down. <laughs> <laughs> like you would in grade school like you know pass this like gossip you know the secret down and just the idea that like she would be trying to start you know hey let's give her the chair <laughs> for like <laughs> doing like a pretty innocuous thing <laughs> for trivia it's so funny i had wanted to go but down i thought a yiddish
1: comes first isn't it yiddish oh my first? goodness
0: you're right you're right yiddish we does, had a lot there- of yiddish i only saw boy and then there was a moil reference what other Whoa. Yiddish did you have mamala Sylvia says
1: to Gracie Mamala sit down and and uh well I mean I didn't do the research because I thought you were going to so what is the word I don't know I just heard my grandmother called uh all of
0: us oh you know what you're right a mother figure it's it's a diminutive term for a young girl
1: (laughs) there you go thank you
0: Mamala you're right you're right yeah Mamala come here Mamala yeah my grandma said that all
1: the time Mamala
0: to you as a to demasculate you (laughs)
1: Yeah, too masculine. No, she would say, oh, Bubla. No, I was Bubla
0: because that was baby. And then she would say Mamala to, to the girls. Mm-hmm, so cute. I was I was just thinking mm-hmm. the other day how we – how not recently. A long time ago, we made the observation that Yiddish has so many words for, like, be- beloved children and so many words for idiot adults. Uh-huh. It's like as soon as you hit about 15 years old, you're – just um yeah that's right so for trivia i wanted to do a deep dive on fabio because i was like you know he's one of those he was one of those celebrities where like he's very much like felt two-dimensional like he's on the cover of romance novels he was in these i can't believe it's not butter commercials he was you know it was like madonna where like you say fabio and everybody knows who you're talking about like you know it was just like you know he was used in a lot of jokes yes. and a lot of cultural references and it's like well what's his deal like who actually was Fabio you know no, because
1: nothing empty well, yeah, shell
0: But <laughs> because you know like for example like let's say you know obviously now there's all this other baggage would say like an Arnold Schwarzenegger but you'd be like oh okay muscle man like what's the story there and you'd be like oh wow that's actually a really interesting story it's the opposite with Fabio literally he he's quoted as basically being like yeah, I mean, my career just fell into my lap. Someone just saw me working out, and then I was really famous. <laughs> that is like truly the depths of Fabio's career. He was, he was, he never had any plans to be a model. He was just loved working out. Someone saw him working out, and he was like, "Oh, I'm making some money. I'm gonna go to America and try this." And his dad was like, "You, you know, he'll get this out of the system." Within like two days of being in the U.S., he was land. He landed like. <laughs> an incredibly lucrative modeling contract. And then he knew he was like, his photos were being taken for romance novels, but like he didn't have any other information besides that. And he basically <laughs> just said, like I was at a club one night and these three <laughs> women came up to me and were like, you look just like the the guy on the cover of these books and then showed him the book. And he's like, Oh wow. No, that is me. <laughs> and like just someone who like didn't seem to have that much ambition wow. and like, Uh, Just, just truly a story you don't hear that often. Just lucked into it and then just just rode the wave until he rode that roller coaster.
1: (laughs) He rode that wave until (laughs) a goose (laughs) flew to his
0: face. And listeners, there are photos of that. I don't know how. It's hilarious. Those those roller coasters, maybe because they have those, you know, photo those cameras.
1: It's telephoto lens paparazzi photos of him. At the top of this roller coaster, getting hit in the face with a coon. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
0: the friend or the CC or who you related to. Yes. I related to Fran. This is, this is real. I was on a jury where the person was clearly very guilty on paper. Like, they literally confessed. There were witnesses. They seemed to knowingly break the law. But, like, I still did not feel like justice was truly served by them getting convicted and going to jail because of all the extenuating circumstances that led this person to do what they did. Mm. And I actually like, I I understood like he, we had to find him guilty based on like the very specific legal definitions we were given, but I had a lot of empathy for him and always felt Hmm. like, I still feel bad about it.
1: Hmm. But Mm -hmm. you ended up sending him to death.
0: (laughs) (laughs) not to death it it was uh it was a guy who who shot attempted murder for his parole officer and the only Mm. reason that the the parole officer didn't die is because the the gun jammed with the second Mm. shot but -hmm. this parole officer was a huge piece of shit and i i understood why this guy was was driven to sort of like he was basically like this guy does not deserve to have control over people's lives like I'm going to take him out. And yeah, I'm going to get taken out too. But like, you know it's what? Worth like worth it. Wow. Um, that's crazy. All
1: mm-hmm. right. Well, I mean, geez, I guess I feel um, like the friend because I've only ever uh, screwed up court cases. <laughs> I spilled screaming. coffee all over Elizabeth's files. <laughs> it, was, it was the time I burst into the courtroom with my tie around my head going, I can't get it down. Honey, help me. <laughs> <laughs> uh no uh I, I mean I I've never served on a jury um although I have been called but I've just never been picked so I would say I'm the Fran. right she up until this moment she never went to, to court. oh I mean
0: that's that's a stretch but all right I'll take it thank you I was gonna say maybe in some ways you're a Sylvia because you while it's eat. not romance you <laughs> love fantasy
1: I do and I love to eat.
0: Oh, yeah. Wait, did I say Sylvia? I meant Yetta because uh, Yetta loves fans. That's I meant Yetta.
1: Oh, my God. Listen, guys, this was a weird episode. We will promise <laughs> never to do the episode drunk again.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drunk. I did just have a smidge of alcohol after work.
1: It shows. Uh, all right. We, gotta get, uh, we did Friend or CC. And that was it. That, that was it. This, listen, this was a better episode than the last one, in my opinion. It was, I just, all I'm asking for is I want more sitcom uh, you know, I, I, or no, not the last one, because the last one was the bank robbery, which I, I also liked. I, mm-hmm. I just want them out of the house not doing only will they, won't they. I don't mind if the will they, won't they is like part of their emotional arc every episode. Like that's fine. That's a sitcom, you know? But like- Totally. Just put them in new cir- new circumstances and use the supporting cast more. Another highlight of this episode is that we we- we used a lot of the stuff. We got to see the kids. We got to see Sylvia. We got to see Cece. Like everyone mm-hmm. was doing something this episode. It wasn't just like Fran and, you know, M- Mr. Sheffield. And then like a couple Niall Nile Cece jokes. So it's, the show is better when it embraces all the good stuff that it, it has going for it, in my opinion. All right. Uh, and yes, if you uh, disagree with us, then you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ohmrchefpod, where you can tell us your feelings on the season thus far and the seasons coming up and seasons past and seasons greetings. And don't forget to season your food. Uh, And that's about it. Toria, guess what?
0: We're done. Goodbye. Goodbye. The flashing Girl from flashing, The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. uh, uh, Miss Fine.